0: the bonus episodes of the Navitiate podcast. If you listened to the previous episode about the story of John Paul II, this is going to be a little bit of a commentary about that. Originally, when I first recorded these stories and I sent them to a few friends to get their thoughts, I was given the very wise response that they needed something more. As much as I would like the story to stand on its own, they're actually intended to break open some very important concepts which I think impact on our world today. And so if you want, this is simply a, a commentary trying to break open a bit further something of the story of Pope John Paul II and and how this really impacts on us in our current social and political climate. in the story. I talked about how the Pope had written a play back in 1944 in which he was wrestling over the fundamental difference between the Christian worldview and the Marxist worldview. And as I said, that as he then became Pope, he found himself in a position where that play really became a reality as he was then standing before the communist world and speaking to the heart of the problem, that on the surface, many people would say that communism or Marxism is about economics, whereas the Pope was trying to cut to this the heart of this and say it's actually about a vision of the human person. Now, this is where this is a concept which is so important for Christians to understand today. Over the years, I've heard a lot of Christians make the comment that. In some sense, communism and Christianity are very similar, or that really communism was the Christian ideal. It just never quite turned out the way it should have. I think this really shows a lack of understanding about the heart of the Marxist philosophy, but also a misunderstanding about Christianity. And so this is where we've got to drill down a little bit here. Now, Bishop Robert Barron recently did a really good series about uh the ideas and the the thinkers who have shaped our world. He did a very good talk about Marxism. So I'd refer you to go listen to that if you get a chance. He makes a very interesting point about how Marxism came about. That Karl Marx basically started with the idea that people had created religion because they were unhappy. So he, he started with the presumption that there is no God. It's a purely materialistic world and we have made religion simply to console ourselves because we are so fundamentally unhappy. And The reason why we are unhappy is because we are disconnected to the means of production, that the structures of the economy and work mean that we're not, that we're not happy. And so therefore, the way to remove religion from the world is to make people happy in their economic world. If we can simply create the perfect economic system, there would be no need for religion. I think the way that Bishop Barron explained that is brilliant because it really plants atheism at the the beginning and at at the heart of the whole Marxist worldview. That the whole reason for trying to create a communal economic system is to remove any reason to pray. Now, the way that this operates is so different to Christianity. And this was the key thing that Pope John Paul II was trying to really highlight. That while both systems are recognizing that there is injustice and that there is a need to lift up the poor and and help them. The difference comes in two different ways. Firstly, Marxism is focused purely on the structures. At the end of the day, the poor are simply a tool to use to change the structures. You know, Lenin spoke about the idea of the the useful idiots, that there were a whole bunch of people that he was quite happy to use, people who would become very passionate about the ideology and great supporters of the revolution. At the end of the day, he did not care about them at all. They were the useful idiots who were going to work towards the revolution so that he could attain his goal. That is so fundamentally different to the Christian worldview, where each person has dignity, each person needs to be cared for, and ultimately the person is more important than the goal. Now, this is a trap which the church falls into in its own very subtle ways. You know, how many times for the sake of building a mission or an organization, we've ended up trampling on individuals, we, we need to constantly come back to the fact that each person is so valuable and, and to the point where we should be prepared to disband our organizations if they're doing damage to the individuals. You know, that we've got to get the priority right here. But the second point here about Marxism is that it achieves its goal through violence. And, and we've got to be very clear, this has always been at the heart of the ideology. As much as it talks about caring and loving and trying to bring justice, its, its means of doing that is through violent revolution. It it has always been through overthrowing of class or overthrowing of a structure. There was an English novelist uh, by the name of C.P. Snow, or Charles Percy Snow. He was uh, a physical chemist, but also a novelist. He wrote a a book many years ago about the Cold War and the pursuit of the atomic bomb. He makes a comment in in that novel where he basically says that Christianity is about faith hope and love whereas communism or marxism is about faith hope and hate when i read that i thought it's such a a simple but powerful critique of the whole system because it is about faith in a a new world a, a utopian world it is about real hope that one day humanity will overcome its weakness and and be able to reach its perfection but it achieves that goal through hate now on the surface that might sound quite confronting because I think we've often been presented with a very utopian vision of what Marxism was all about but really at the heart of this it's it's we 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 hate something we hate the structure we hate the class inequality we hate the fact that someone is got power and, and not us. And so through violence, they're seeking to tear that down and, and and deconstruct social structures, basically change the whole ordering of hierarchy or power in the world so that, that that goal can be achieved. Christianity being faith, hope and love is so fundamentally different. In the same way, we also have faith that one day humanity will be free from evil. We have hope that there will one day be a place without any suffering or tears, but we're trying to achieve that through love, by suffering with people, by really entering into the heart of people's lives, walking alongside them. When, when, When Jesus came to bring about his kingdom, He did not do that through violent means. He didn't do it by overthrowing the hierarchy or the patriarchy or the government. He did it by love, by entering into the suffering with us, like like real compassion, suffering with us. And in doing so, he healed the core of the problem, which was the human heart. Whereas what we've seen in Marxism is... The real core of the problem, the, the, the heart that needs to be loved, has actually been trampled on. And people have then been categorized as either good or evil, as victims or aggressors. And and to realize that those categories are constantly shifting, that as soon as one system is overthrown, it then moves to another system, you know, that As soon as we sort of overthrow class structure, we now have to start to overthrow gender inequality. And from there, we've got to go further into deconstructing gender altogether. There is this unending quest to create equality by destroying everything. And this is where, if I could really sort of drill down a bit further, I think we've got to recognise that in terms of the the basic philosophy of how Marxism operates. And and I think this is one of the key things that John Paul II was trying to make us realize is that it, it focuses on creating a perfect world by creating equality. Now, on the surface, as Christians, we can hear that and think that sounds like everything Jesus would talk about, but not quite. Okay, and this is where we've got to really be educated and understand the subtlety. Because if you go back to the story of the Garden of Eden, the serpent was also very much focused on equality. The whole message that the serpent was saying to Adam and Eve was, you're not equal to God, and that's unjust, that's unfair. And so even though the whole world has been given to you, even though you've been basically made king and queen of the whole of creation you should now hate what you have because somebody else has more than you and so you should now basically be prepared to destroy what you have so that you can now rise up and become as god is we've got to recognize that that is a form of equality which is probably a little bit closer to what marxism was talking about There is something of that voice of a serpent that is still echoing through our world today, basically saying to people, you are a victim because somebody else has more than you. But in the pursuit of trying to create equality, somehow you should now start to despise and hate what you have because you want what they've got. Sadly, there are many examples in our history where we can actually see that being played out. You, know, you see something of that in the history of Russia where the people were told that they were being oppressed by the landowners and so they should overthrow that system so that they could now be rich. But in achieving that goal, they probably ended up being more poor than they were previously. You also see something of this in the pursuit of feminism. And, and I know there's a very controversial topic to tread into so I want to go carefully here but I say this because Pope John Paul II was very clear about what actually is a true feminism as opposed to a false feminism and I think what he was trying to point out here is that there is a false feminism which says you are not equal and therefore you should rise up to destroy the structure that is oppressing you and it it was almost an attitude which says to women You should stop being women and start being men. Now, the Pope came in and said, what we actually need here is a Christian view of feminism, which actually accentuates the genius of women. And and, and the Pope spoke a lot about this idea of the feminine genius, trying to say that you should really understand and, and, and celebrate the beauty of what you currently have before you go destroying what you have in the pursuit of what somebody else has now as I say a lot of these concepts are big and complicated and I'm simply just trying to break open a very basic commentary hoping that you can now go and learn and read and understand there are going to be a whole lot more people who explain this better than I can but in telling that story of the Pope Really, what I was trying to do, I suppose, was was highlight for you how this is one of the key battles of Christianity in our modern world. And this was not simply something which ended with the fall of the Soviet Union. If anything, it's probably something more real and more present to us now, but in a much more subtle form that we need to start to understand the, the root of the philosophy and the attitudes So that we can really start to distinguish between what actually is the gospel and what is the anti-gospel.